If I wanted to sell my house, you know what I need? I need a real estate agent that will put some balloons up and have mm. an open house uh, and then uh, not call me. That sounds great. Doesn't it sound great? Or, or, or the other option could be going to realestateagentsitrust.com, our sponsor yeah, this half hour. What would they do? Uh, well, maybe you could get someone who actually knew what they were doing. Um, maybe you could, uh, so, now, I who, like the real estate agent that is uh, related to me somehow or another or related <laughs> to a friend who only does it part time. Right. And that's is cool. like, we'll have an open house. That is cool. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. However, maybe you have a screened agent who uh, listens to the show, maybe shares mm. some of your values. Knows your neighborhood, knows how much your house is worth, going to mm. price it right, knows how to advertise it. And we should also point out, too, if you're buying a house, we never really talk about that side of it, yeah. but if you're buying a house, why not get an agent that you know knows that you know area and, just as well as you do? And knows what your values are. That's the really important thing. This is a real estate agent you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, buy, sell your home. And get the best deal, realestateagentsitrust.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, you pay us to watch the news so you don't really have to. You know what I mean? We go to the State of the Union and we watch the whole damn thing so you don't have to. Steven Crowder, he took one for the team. He watched the Oscars so we didn't have to. And he put together a really funny Oscar special. Well, ABC didn't like it. And Steven Crowder is here to tell us about it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ex-chair, all chairs are not the same. Oh, they may be created equal, but they don't end up equal. Oh, no. Uh, X-chair is a great chair that will help you if you have bad back, bad neck, back sho- bad shoulders. Um, it is top of the line. It is the best, uh, the best uh, office chair I've ever sat in. And I honestly believe... Have you, because you've, ne- do you never sit back in your chair? Have you tried to sit back in oh, your yeah. chair yet? A bunch of times, yeah. I think it is. You have, the, I mean, you have me on the edge of my seat all the time, Glenn. <laughs> I can't, you. I can't help it. I honestly believe it is more comfortable than a lazy boy. It is, and it's an office chair. Yeah. It is such a great chair. And you can get it now. It's got all kinds of bells and whistles, and you can get all different models, including the X chair, you know, super or whatever the hell they call it, and the <laughs> X chair basic. So it fits all budgets, it fits your body, and even has a wider ass pad. Uh, so, you know, if you're getting a little wider, so are the X chairs. It's great. It's xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code Beck and get a free foot rest. 844-4X-Chair. 844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. We're starting a day out like that. It's not going to be good. Welcome to the program, uh, Stephen Crowder. How are you, Stephen? Hey, you know, I'm doing well. I just saw that X-Chair commercial. Maybe you can get me one of those because this thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you get me one of those things on your desk right in front of you? Because that's great. No, 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 other direction. Other direction. Oh, the Walther. You know what? Yeah, there's a spot. The Walther PPK. Is this what yeah. we're talking about yeah. here? 
This is actually made back out of uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. I don't know if you, you, you're – I'm sure you're familiar. I shouldn't – I say this with guests. Like, I don't know if you're familiar because I don't <laughs> want to embarrass them, but I know that you know. Right. Um, there were all these these there were these pieces of legislation that just mounted up, and the Walther PPK you saw on James Bond couldn't be imported into the United States just because it was too small. So they created something called the PPKS, which is the exact same firearm that mm-hmm. includes one more round. And uh, it, they were made in Germany. They licensed it to Smith & Wesson and these other companies. And now they're actually made here in the United States to German specifications. They're they're wonderful. So I, I probably can. We'll, we'll swap yeah. a, an X chair. For <laughs> okay, a I'll get you an X chair. You get me a Walther and keep it on the QT about the X chair. I don't want. Okay. You can't tell anybody in the government that I gave you a chair. I'll sign the background uh, check for my buttocks. Right. Okay. So Stephen, you had uh, you had a great show on on uh, Sunday night. Very, very funny. You brought the whole team in and you had guests and you, um, some would say, were mocking the Oscars, uh, which deserves to be mocked. Uh, And halfway through, was it even halfway through? No, it was after the fir- it was after the very first. First off, you're very generous. It was an okay show, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was right after the very first segment. ABC Disney struck us on on YouTube with a hard strike, so that they prevented the live stream from uh, continuing. So thank God we're able to we were actually able to continue that night on Facebook and um, and get this up here, obviously at the Blaze TV. So uh, you had worked on this for a long time. Tell me exactly what you were doing that Disney objected to. What they objected to, I mean, I don't know. It's take your pick at any point in the program. Uh, that be, I think they more so objected to the overall idea of the program. So we've done this for several years now. This is not our first annual Oscars live stream. This is, these are the important things to note. We did this last year, no problems. We did a 16-hour CNN marathon live stream, no problems. I actually did that because it was a follow-up to the previous Christmas uh, telethon where I'd been waterboarded. And I said, well, what's worse than being waterboarded? Let, let's watch six, the entire CNN clock in a <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I, this isn't a joke. I would rather be waterboarded. Yes, we no, actually I... had people quit after the 16-hour. You know, you hear about bands breaking up. Yeah. It was a 16-hour CNN live stream. We had people in the back room just toss up their hands and walk. They said, I can't do this. So this was not the first time we'd done this kind of stream. Right. Uh, what happened was this this year, we the second we crossed 40,000, we were well on our way to 50,000 viewers that very second, which I know people say, oh, on viewers in the, on, on television, this is very different. This isn't a rolling average. There were 50,000 people at any given second. Uh, we were shut off for copyright uh, infringement, which of course it's not. We actually are adding up the numbers right now. I think there were 20-something sketches. Uh, there were five guests, and I, I think it's about 98% of the Oscars live stream didn't actually include the Oscars. It was in a little tiny box with us watching it, mocking it, laughing hysterically. And ABC Disney decided to try and uh, not only hit our channel with a hard strike, uh, but that a lot of people disconnect when they hear about these things. Everyone here makes a living off of creating content. And what they're trying to do is prevent conservatives from making a living uh, off of content. Another important thing to note, there are plenty of other Oscars live streams. Others that are far less transformative. They didn't actually have a, a, a Shape of Water fish mascot fixing himself in Manhattan. They just put up a stream and they're up there. We're the only ones who were targeted. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here. ABC yes. would say the same thing. Well, we worked very hard to screw this tradition up for many, many years. <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, and all the people at ABC. And if you can take our product and put it on something else where someone else can watch our product, 
we we lose because you're 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 cutting us out of the thing that we produce. How would you respond? Yeah, to that? they they could say that. I mean, the, the main it's it, there's a very clear precedent if it's transformative. And there have been two major lawsuits recently: H three H three Productions and uh, three uh, was it two equals three Productions. I think Ray William Johnson's previous studio at YouTube, where they won fair use fights. As a matter of fact, the law is on our side, the precedent is on our side, and it's continuing to actually cross over to our side. Here's the thing. Obviously, we couldn't show just a full film. Full film. I Correct. couldn't say, "Hey, here's Green Book. Just run it on my channel." That's ripping right. something off. That's not transformative. We actually had Shia LaBeouf. Uh, well, I guess his his firm, LaBeouf Ronco Turner, when he did the "He Will Not Divide Us" live stream, right. we said, "Hey, this is funny." We went down to his "He Will Not Divide Us" camera li- and did our entire show from his broadcast camera, <laughs> and they sued us uh, and they <laughs> lost because it turned out they had a greater viewership when we showed up in Queens to his public camera and did our show than they had at any other point, and it was determined that it was transformative. So you can't just run a film, you can't just rip something off. But for them to have a leg to stand on would mean you can't be a critic. Things like Mystery Science Theater couldn't exist. Rebuttals online can't exist. We've had this before. We've had, uh, I think, The Guardian and NBC go after us because we specifically point by point debunked something Seth Meyers said or or, uh, Trevor Noah has said or Samantha Mm -hmm. Bee. So they've done this for a while. It's not that they don't want to lose out. Uh, on, on profiting off of their content. It's that their content sucks and they don't want people <laughs> criticizing it. That's the issue here. If they, if they wanted to say, hey, let's be honest too, this is free network television, ABC, anyone can watch it. And anyone who's tuning in to me is Freddie Mercury from the Live Aid concert, my friend right. dressed as Spider-Man and Gerald is a gold statue and us doing a seven plus one canceled Jesse Smollett films bit. These are not people who are going to tune into the Oscars. It wasn't, huh, Hold on a second. Do I want to tune in to watch the Spike Lee speech or Crowder and Michael Myers with a blowing up Nike sneaker? Right. Uh, so, Stephen, let me let me broaden this a bit, um, because this is something you and I have talked about just recently uh, on the phone about how they are picking us off one by one. Uh, and I don't know if you saw the news today, but Tommy Robinson has been um, deplatformed because he said he stood by the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis. That uh, you know, I'm, that's I'm just, the reason. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty silly. First of all, I don't know enough about the Proud Boys or really what they are. I know they've been. I know they've been looking at Tommy Robinson for a long time. Yeah, and I've talked with Tommy about this for a while. So they they just try to find any reason. Uh, that's why it's also important to understand the law. And we're releasing the half Asian Kraken today. We're releasing Bill Richmond on ABC Disney. Um, we haven't lost yet. And I've also just heard. I can't talk about this exactly. There's going to be a video release from a prominent conservative who does investigative reporting. We just found out again that we were specifically targeted for throttling on Facebook uh, under a bogus label. And by the way, I was the subject of an Engadget, I believe, article or Gizmodo about two years ago. That's how I met my lawyer, where someone released documents saying, nope, it's not... It's not algorithmic. We were told to censor Chris Kyle Foundation, Ted Cruz for president, and Steven Crowder. And we settled out of court. So this has been happening on all fronts. Um, I, I think it's really important that people understand the law. What usually happens is it may not be because he said he supported Proud Boys. It, it pro- probably could be, and they would love to get rid of him for that. But what I, I, I think tell that's conservatives just an excuse. Is, that's just an exactly. excuse. It's an excuse, and usually what they do is if you file a counterclaim and you invite them to meet you in court, which we do all the time, by the way, 
This is important for people to note. Just inviting them to meet you in court often gets them to back off because they don't want the PR. There's, there are two things. There's the courts and then there's the court of public opinion. And right now, major media outlets are using. My guess is with Tommy Robinson, without knowing all of the facts, they probably found some kind of a legal loophole where either it was copyright or something that they could actually legally claim was a violation. That's what they look for. Don't give them an excuse. That being said, they'll, they'll find an excuse anyway. So what I do think is important is for conservatives to try and really create original content when they go out there. Uh, try to move away from the herd, and uh, they tend to be, and I don't mean move away from the herd in the sense that we want them picked off one by one, but move away from just the, I mean, just the, you know, uh, 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 Donald Trump, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I hate Obama kind of ranting, you know, into mm-hmm. a camera thing. That's not real content. And basically, it makes it really easy for Facebook, YouTube, Twitter to pick you off with something. If you are creating a ton of original content, we have these these documents that we're going to say, hold on a second. There was 240 minutes of the stream and three minutes were the actual Oscars. There's not a court in the world that would look at that and say, well, clearly you just ripped off the Oscars yeah, and just ran use. it on your channel. Right. Yeah. That kind of percentage is fair use. Um, uh, Stephen, uh, I want to give you a, a plug on the mug club. You said after a a um, a rather visceral rant uh, <laughs> when they pulled you off in the middle of the uh, of the uh, broadcast, um, you 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 were a little hot and uh, yeah. you said this is why the mug club is so important. Right, and Mug Club, of course, is in partnership with uh, with Blaze. It's been going on for a, for a long time, and then with CRTV, and now there's Blaze TV. Uh, this is something we started. It was I can remember. Have you ever seen the film Flash of Genius with Greg? And by the way, I don't know what just happened. I just said Flash, and my lip it went like a mastiff. Flash of Genius. I don't know if you guys could. <laughs> no, it was very bizarre. Um, did you ever see that? No, you haven't seen that film with Greg Kinnear. It was actually a, a court case where this is the man who invented the intermittent windshield wiper. Uh, yes. On cars, yes, and someone else claimed. I think he was suing Ford. It could have been GM. Please don't shut me down here, ABC, if I'm mistaken. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't remember which of the big three, but they asked him, "When did you invent the intermittent wiper?" And the other person didn't really have an answer. They said, "Well, you know, I kind of, I just thought it would be a good idea." And Greg Kinnear, the man who actually invented it, said, "Well, I remembered thinking with an eyelid." that it closes when you need intermittently, whereas a wiper would smear everything. It was just basically it went at one speed. And I, he said, I, I thought, why can't a wiper work like an eyelid? And that's what's called the flash of genius moment. And they use that in court. Basically, any invention you can trace back to a moment. And if they don't have a good enough story, they're often not believed. With Mug Club, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. I was sitting at one of my favorite breweries in, in Michigan. And we were being uh, attacked at that point from all these false copyrights on YouTube because we were pretty pretty early, pretty ahead of the curve there. And I said, you know what, we need to, we need to create something where we can still be on YouTube, we can still be on Facebook, we can still be on Twitter, but we're not reliant on them. And I was drinking for something called Monk Club. It was this, because uh, it was like an old Belgian kind of brewery yeah. and they had these, these chalices. I said, I know, how about we do a mug club? How about we have a, this is a physical token for people to see that they're a part of something bigger, that they're supporting content out there. And uh, of course, 
now uh, they have access to to everything, to you, to Mark Levin, to the whole lineup at the Blaze. Um, and it's been it's been a real blessing. We never wanted to be just shut down behind a paywall. We wanted to use premium content to make sure that we could be a thorn in the side of the people at social media. Because we, we don't want to get ourselves into an echo chamber and remove ourselves off exactly of the mainstream right. platforms. But we also understand that they do want a Tommy Robinson. Us. Yes. So I think we're stronger um, together when we do this. And, and, and we use both. We use both methods. We have to use both. Uh, but we have to prepare for the time exactly like you said when they try to Tommy Robinson uh, all of us one by one. Uh, Stephen, best of yep. luck. Thank you so much. If you would like to join Stephen's Mug Club, all you have to do is go to blazetv.com. When you subscribe, um, normally I ask you to put uh, Beck in there and you get the 10% discount. Uh, but if you're a fan of Stephen Crowder's, make sure you put Mug Club in that and uh, you'll save. You'll. I don't know if you save or just get the mug. Do you get both? Is Stephen still there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, it's uh, or, or there's also uh, they can go through ladderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. It takes people to the same place. It's a it's a thir- it's a thirty dollar discount if you're students, veteran, or active military. So you enter in the code student, veteran, military. And I know a lot of people out there. They say, well, what if I'm homeschooled? Listen. We're pretty lenient. If you have a yellow belt in karate, you're a student. We want as many people to join up as possible. Congratulations. Your mom's check cleared. You're an orange belt. Here's your discount. Thanks a lot, Stephen. I appreciate it. Stephen Crowder. All right. Our sponsor this half hour, we've got to get to uh, what happened yesterday with uh, abortion. I think yesterday was a a critical day in uh, the history of our nation, and it didn't go well. But first, let me tell you about LifeLock. LifeLock uh, is the one is the one company that can protect you and your devices. They are the first uh, in the in the business of this, I believe. Back in the nineties, it had to be in the nineties. Yeah. it wasn't in the eighties. I don't think. No, uh, they've been doing it forever. They were way ahead of the game, and now everybody needs to protect your social security number, your identity, your passcodes, all of it. Now, nobody can protect all. You know, all devices and monitor all transactions at all businesses. But again, these guys are the best. If you'd like 10% off your first year, just use the promo code BECK. Call 1 800 LifeLock, 1 800 LifeLock, or lifelock.com. If you use the promo code back, you're going to save 10%. 1 800 LifeLock or lifelock.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. What I think is so interesting about that battle between conservatives and all these social media uh, outlets is it's so similar to what's happened in the in the mainstream media over these years. I mean, you know, first they got rid of all the conservative hosts and shows that were available. Uh, so then, you know, Fox News had to start. They've been targeting Fox News for a million years. Then capitalism, the thing that conservatives preach about, is able to create these amazing platforms where now anybody can get on and and have an actual business and, and create real content that people actually enjoy. And then the first thing they do there is start targeting conservatives to remove them from that uh, yeah. that medium. I mean, it's the same battle being played out over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad Stephen fights this stuff because it's tough. It's a tough yeah. thing to fight. I mean, you go up against big time attorneys and big time. He's going after Disney. Or Disney's going after him. Yeah. Disney is known as the biggest lawyers, the the hardest fighter. They do not surrender. 
This is going to be a tough fight for Especially him. Especially on the Oscars. I mean, the Oscars are so bad that we've had this happen a million times where we wanted to do shows and we're told by, you know, the people here that we're not allowed to air not even a clip of the Oscars the next yeah. day. Yeah, you have um uh you have things like the big game. You're not supposed <laughs> to say the Super Bowl. You're supposed to call it the big game. At least when it's tied to something, you know, where you're, it's a, it's a contest or if it's a, you know, call now, yeah. I get tickets to the Super Bowl. You can't say that. Even sponsors, even people who buy commercials on the big game mm-hmm. can't say, hey, look for our spot on the, on the, uh, during the Super Bowl. They have to call it the big game. Which that's is, an course, extra price you have to pay. Right. And it's, that's completely absurd. And, absurd. and the Oscars are known as one of the worst defenders yeah. when it comes to being really protective with their content. Uh, but again, like, you know, what he's talking about, he's, you know, these are sketches about other, you know, about the Oscars. That's totally protected. I mean, it's not even close. And the fact that, you know, he shows a couple of minutes. I mean, you know, I, you know, obviously the lawyers, I'm sure will figure that out. But it's, it's just a crazy uh, idea that, you know, it's it never seems to be that the left has these issues. You know, they never no. it no, never look at, seems I mean, look to at be this. a problem. Look at this. Tommy Robinson. Okay, I don't know anything about him. I see him sometimes, and I think he's a good guy. Sometimes I see him, and I think he might be a bad guy. I don't know. He's mm. in from England. I don't. I don't do, can, know him. Do, 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 give him. Can you give a quick, uh, you know, baseball card background of who this uh, guy is? Yeah, he started. You know, I don't even remember the name of it. Like Defense of England or Defenders of England or something like that. And it was to talk about Sharia law and how it was creeping into their laws. I mean, and it all was. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a fighter. And um, they started to have real racists in the group. He then quit. He started the group and he tried to kick these racists out. And when he couldn't kick them out, he said, I don't want anything to do with this because you're white supremacists. So he left. Hmm. Well, that's not good enough. Uh, And so he has he has spoken up against what's happening in England and what's happening in England should scare the hell out of Everybody who loves the Western way of life. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. I know Muslims. They're afraid of the people that are pushing Sharia law. So um, apparently, uh, you know, he's been on the he's been on the fence with everybody, uh, you know, with Facebook and Google and YouTube and everybody else. And now he's come out and he supported the Proud Boys. And he supported Gavin McGinnis. Well, okay, you may not like that. They may not like that. But how about all the people in the media that support Antifa? Has any of them, have any of them been held to account for Antifa? No, no, of course not, because they're on the right side. Correct, of history, Glenn. Correct, and they're not. They are absolutely oh, on the just wrong side of history. Fascists, Glenn. Yeah, what right. are you, pro-fascist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Bernie Sanders is. Uh, He's uh, anti-fascist, anti-dictator, anti-strongman. Yet last night on CNN, he could not bring himself to say that Maduro is a dictator. Even when cornered about yeah. it on national television. National television. Can't I can't even say it. I'm going to make a prediction about the Democratic Party, and I want all Democrats to hear it. I'm going to do that coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes. And Pat Gray joins us as we talk about what happened in the Senate yesterday. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, I've been talking about uh, VPN technology now for a while, internally especially. The world of cybercrime and metadata has become personal data, and it is it's happened overnight. 
websites are tracking all that they can. You can safeguard yourself from everybody who is tracking you or trying to steal your stuff uh, with uh, a VPN, a virtual private network. Financial statements, tax returns, they're all targets. But Norton Secure VPN is one of the most trusted names in consumer cybersecurity. Norton Secure VPN. It's easy to use. You just install it, you log in once, and it provides you with more online privacy and security than you've ever had before. Norton.com slash VPN starts at $3.33 a month, annual subscription, and Wi-Fi without the worries. Norton.com slash VPN. You heard Stephen Crowder this half hour. You can go to louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. You'll not only get louder with Crowder, but you'll also get Glenn Beck and Pat Gray. He's coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, we were at a turning point, um, and I'm going to get into the turning point for the country here in just a second uh, with Pat Gray. But I want to tell you, if you know of a Democrat, warn them. This is a massive turning point, and you are going to see the Democratic leadership run towards evil fast because there is nothing restraining it now. Is there anything in our society that is is lower than killing a baby? I every woman I know when they watch uh, a horror movie or something like that, if they go towards the children, especially a baby, and they're going to use a baby in a blood or a killing scene, that is immediately the line for almost all Americans, but definitely women. Women are like, do not touch that baby. I remember there was a scene in the last, what was it, Halloween that came out. What was the one with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? You saw the last I Halloween? Did. I did. I haven't seen what? any of them. Jamie Lee Curtis was in this one. And for some yeah. reason, Tanya said, let's go to Halloween. And I'm like, okay. So we, I know. It was her idea. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. Uh, I think she had been kidnapped mm-hmm. and replaced. But um, so we went to it. And there's one scene where, is it Jason? No, it's uh, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. So Michael Myers is is headed towards he's in he's killing everybody in this house and he (laughs) heads towards a nursery and you hear a baby cry. And my wife said, we are leaving if he touches that baby. And I'm like, "Okay, it's so weird because these aren't real murders. She's aware. I know she's aware of it. Good. I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. that that was uh, every woman I know is like that. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't mess with babies. Mm -hmm. Okay, the. The Democrats yesterday refused to make it illegal to kill a baby. And I'm not talking about a baby in the womb. I'm talking about a baby that has been born. Let me give you a refresher. In 2008, 2012, it wasn't cool to be a socialist. You were a racist if you said that. We don't want universal health care. We don't want socialism. We're all capitalists. And then the Democrats did something that I thought was stunning. Absolutely stunning. Could you please give me the audio cockcrows? This is from 2012. Governor, would you like to make your motion? Mr. Chairman, I have submitted my amendment in writing... And I believe it is being projected on the screen for the delegates to see. I move adoption of the amendment as submitted and shown to the delegates. 
A motion has been made. Is there a second? Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, the matter requires a two-thirds vote in the affirmative. All those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. In the opinion of the... Let me do that again. All of those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. I um Yeah. I guess Yeah. I'll do that one more time. One more time. All those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, two-thirds have voted in the affirmative. The motion is adopted. And the platform has been amended, as shown on the screen. There it is. That is the moment that the Democrats denied God in their platform three times. I think it's highly appropriate that they denied him three times. Now, look at the race to insanity since that happened. Mm. Now you've just Mm -hmm. crossed the Rubicon of saying, babies? What baby? Kill it. That's what they said yesterday. Every single Democratic presidential candidate voted against this bill yesterday. Warning, Democrats, you are going to see the mask is off and evil is embraced. You are going to see horrific things in the future from this party. Yeah, the the clippity-clop that you hear. Uh, off in the distance is the four horsemen of the apocalypse galloping through town. It's, to, 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 for that bill to go down, 5344, to, to stop filibustering, to, to just bring it to an actual vote. They couldn't get to 60 votes to bring that to an actual vote. Three Republicans didn't vote uh, because they, they couldn't get back in time. And uh, you know, Tim if, Scott being one of them certainly would have right. been a yes, yes. for sure. Lisa I mean, Murkowski now, wasn't now, there. I don't know that I don't know she would have been a yes. We don't know with her. Mm-hmm. But if, the, if only there was a way to get, I don't know, to have a vote even when you're not there. Yeah. But I as mean, it is, got to carve them into stone tablets and put them on a camel caravan yeah. Oh, yeah. back to D.C. Yeah, There's just no way. No, you can't Is there anything more archaic than you can't vote if you're not there? You can't tell somebody your vote. You can't call it in. You can't do it on the Internet. There's no way to do this. No, there's no way to keep that a, a line secure. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's like the president of the United States is on like doing like major calls with Kim Jong-un. The I, president I, I, of the United like States us. can launch missiles mm. from a brief case yeah. right this is ridiculous <laughs> right. I mean, he doesn't have to be there to push the button it's he's crazy. got in a briefcase on the beach i, I swear it's it's really a defense with f- f- as to like the thing you've talked about pat and i know you have, as well glenn of, of getting these representatives out of washington and back into their home yep. states oh, and i yep. love that and, and, oh my gosh but i feel like they 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 make it required to go to washington to keep their little game going exactly yep. exactly know? right we should mention Three Democrats did vote for this, and that's really going against the tide for them. Yes. Uh, It was Joe Manchin of West Virginia that you would expect. And Joe Manchin said, Joe Manchin said when he was running, once that baby is out, I'm there for him. Yes. And he was. (laughs) Yes. What a wonderful line. That's better than most. Yeah, it's better than kill it. Bob Casey of Pennsylvania and Doug Jones from Alabama are the three who voted for it. Now, Jones, of course, is is a is in you know running in a state in which he if he's not pro, it's Alabama. Yeah, it's Alabama. He's he's doing this, you know, 
arguably for political reasons. Casey is not. I mean, Casey has even calls himself pro-life. He's not the pro-life brand that I would I would like, but he's a famous. For a his family's famous for fighting uh, this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, you know, uh, and Mansion, but that's it. I mean, and none of them can just. None of them say, of course, that they want babies uh, to just you know die as they're after they're born after a. Uh, you know, a failed abortion. They all say, "Well, what this does is it weakens women's health care." No, they just doesn't. lie about it. They just lie it about doesn't. It, it doesn't. I, they've made it clear that it only becomes human <clears throat> life when it grows up and registers as a Democrat. That's when it's life <laughs> to a Democrat. <laughs> and and before that, they, you can kill it. I don't care. They they just don't care. It's uh, as we said yesterday. That's a really bad sign for American civilization. It's a really bad. Sign. I think it's a knockout punch. If it hadn't, if if it hadn't have garnered fifty bo- votes, I would say America was dead. Yeah. I don't know where God's line is. I don't either. But, but because fifty three, I hope that saves us. W- with with to quote Jefferson, mm-hmm. because I know God is just, I tremble for my country. Oh. This is this is terrifying. And I will tell you this: if you're a Democrat, please, please notice who they are where they are right now and where they'll be in 18 months or two years from now, because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is moving wildly uh, fast. Did you see the new poll on uh, uh, Americans who now consider themselves pro-life? This is a 17 point change from last month. It's now 47, 47, according to a new Gallup. I think it's Gallup poll. Uh, just a month ago, it was 54, 38 now it's 47 all really 47 percent are pro-life 47 percent are uh pro-abortion and i i kind of wonder if if the bill in new york virginia and vermont had something to do with that oh i think it did has it just has it just gone too far now where that's the tipping point for americans and Mm -hmm. they're like wait wait Mm -hmm. i can't associate with that anymore this is what i don't understand that's what i'm hoping the politico article about this bill uh says senate defeats anti-abortion bill what what does this have to do with abortion? But nothing. Again, I, yes, we're no. talking about a failed abortion. So the abortion's mm-hmm. over. The baby's been born. What Of what use is it to the mother once the baby is born and out? This has already occurred. Everything that could possibly go on with your involvement with this child is over. You can give right. it up for adoption and never see the thing again. Okay, I can understand the arguments about uh, you know women's choice. I think they are BS arguments. We've discussed it a million times. But the baby's already outside. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you oppose this at that point? Okay. All you have to do is get hands off, close your eyes, never have to think about it again. Because here's here's why. Um, there's two reasons for this. One, spiritual, and you could dismiss this all you want. You got to sacrifice it at the altar of death. You have to sacrifice this to the altar of progressivism, postmodernism, leftism and death, the culture of death. It demands a sacrifice. So I I think that's where we are. I think it is, too. We don't we're not putting it in those terms, but the left Mm -hmm. has become a frightening religion. Um, Yes. An anti-human and and pro earth uh, at the expense of all humans kind of thing. It, it is a frightening religion. So sacrifice is number one. And the second is, and this I say as somebody who would put yourself in this situation, you wanted to have an abortion. You chose to have it at the last minute. You carried it around for three days thinking it was dead. Then it was born alive. You can't give that thing up for adoption because you tried to kill it. 
now that baby goes up for adoption, that is a testimony of your depravity and that you were wrong if it grows up and it accomplishes anything. It is always there. That child is always there for the rest of your life. I will say, Mm. too, you could Mm -hmm. easily be creating your own Michael Myers. Because, I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, if uh, this he is wouldn't what, die either, he wouldn't die either. And, 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 mm-hmm. and you have now taken on <laughs> this child who will grow up to be the spawn to come after you in like 19 movies. Can I tell you something <laughs> that that makes as much sense as what they're arguing right yeah, now? It does. <laughs> I mean, yes, it I, does. You, it does. You yeah. could say uh, you, you could honestly stand up and be a leftist right now and say, you know, we've all seen the documentary of Michael Myers, and he doesn't die. This might be a new Michael Myers. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed uh, podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts are available, you can find that one. You should do it, and you should download it and subscribe and rate it as well. Uh, I would prefer a good rating. I think Pat would as well. Don't rate it like one star. That's not what we're asking you to do. Wait, no. I love that. Everyone says, oh, rate my podcast and review it. What we mean is review it well. And give it five stars. That's what we mean. Yeah, the reason why that is important, it's not an ego thing. It actually helps the algorithm uh, sort out podcasts and the ones with the highest ratings and the most reviews they think people are more passionate about. And so it goes to the top for discovery. Other ones that you might like that other people like you like. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to rate and review. All right. Car Shield. When it comes to costly car repairs... You need options. Instead, uh, you're often uh, stuck bargain hunting for the best deal because who can afford to fork over $1,000, $800 for a car repair? Who can afford that? You know, all of a sudden, something happens to your car. That That is devastating to a family. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're walking anywhere close to the line on a week-to-week basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's why Dave, people are. Dave Ramsey talks about that all the time. Uh, you got to have that emergency fund. And that's a big reason why. Like, instead of, before you start putting money in a 401k, build the emergency fund. Because if you have a big car repair, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have money for that. Uh, on a moment's notice, unless you have Car Shield, get Car Shield. CarShield.com makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. Have anybody do it? They pay the dealership or the mechanic, so you're not waiting around on a check. They also have 24 hour seven uh, 24 hour seven day a week roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop being fixed. So if your car has 5,000, 150,000 miles uh, and you don't have a warranty, don't worry about it. Get CarShield now. CarShield.com. Use the promo code back at CarShield.com or call 1-800-CAR-6100. Use the promo code back. CarShield.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It is. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, Bernie uh, last night on CNN refused to uh, say Maduro was a dictator. And here he is. Uh, he, he will not utter the words that America won't be a socialist nation. Listen, listen to this. And I'm quoting him now. America. This is the president. America will never be a socialist country. Will that hold true if you're elected president? If I am elected president, we will have a nation in which all people have health care as a right, whether Trump likes it or not. We are going to make public colleges and universities tuition free. 
we are going to raise the minimum wage to uh, to a living wage of at least 15 bucks an hour. At and least. whether Trump likes it or not, when I talk about human rights, you know what that also means? It means human? that our kids and grandchildren have the human right. Human? To grow up in a planet that is healthy they and happy inside the planet. Wow! Oh my God! This is terrible. There's we, we, magma got, there. There's please. magma, Glenn. That's he, a is, oh. he is a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> he was raising all the kids. humans in the magma. That's a terrible <laughs> well, it's, policy. It's human magma. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. I love too how he uses Trump in there. It's like uh, when I'm president, uh, you know, everyone's going to have health care as a right. I don't care what Trump says. Well, you've won the election in this scenario, so why would you care what he says? <laughs> Right. He's, he's using that like like rock bands use. Hello, Cleveland! Like, he's just looking for applause. <laughs> it's just a really bad applause. It's just an applause line. It's like, oh, yeah, well, Donald Trump! Oh, boo! Me! Yay! Uh, he's terrible. You know, the, uh, uh, the New York Times has a, uh, an article today, which is helpful to understand Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. And it pitches, it says, build your own Medicare for all plan. Beware, there are tough choices. And they give you these options to go through. Now, of course, it doesn't calculate the cost at the end, which was what I was really interested in. Um, but it's you know the options are things like: Do you want uh, universal coverage, automatic enrollment? Do you want to in- end employ- employer uh, health plans? Mm-hmm. Do you want to end individual markets? So it's all. I mean, all, Medicare for all can mean a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to end premiums? End copays? The only one who has checks on all of that, all across the board. There's about 20 plans they list. Is Bernie Sanders? He is. He's further left than every single one of the other plans, including the Progressive Caucus. I mean, that the is... guy won't say Maduro is a dictator. That's amazing. The guy went and honeymooned in Cuba and Russia. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise. What's a surprise is that he is as popular as he is in this country today. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. It's 100% drug-free. If you are uh, looking to get out of pain, this was created by doctors. They came up with this recipe, if you will, that will help your body's fight against inflammation, which is the cause of most of our pain and why we can't sleep at night and why we just hurt all the time. The things that you can no longer do, you should be able to do them. And Relief Factor is helping a ton of people be able to pick up their grandkids, play on the floor, uh, paint, write, do whatever it is you want to do. So, knit. It's Relief Factor. Call 800-500-8384. You want to work in the garden again? Get Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Today's another big day. Yesterday, huge, I think, for the country and mainly the Democrats. When the Democrats cannot bring themselves to say, yes, that is a baby that has just been born and is laying on the table, we need to feed it, comfort it, take care of it, 
make sure that it survives, honor our Hippocratic oath, when they can't say that, the country is in real trouble. The Democrats are even in more trouble. They're the first stop for trouble. But then today, we have the national emergency at the border. Another critical day for the history of our country. Is this good? Is this bad? Ben Shapiro chimes in in one minute. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Blinds.com is the number one online blinds retailer in the world. Now think of this. When we had CompuServe and AOL, they were in the blinds business online. I remember, I remember trying to just download a picture of something, and I would go and have dinner, and it still <laughs> wasn't finished. How do you do blinds and shades and shutters and drapes online? Well, you got to be really good at customer to, service. They had to make it super user-friendly. It's really user-friendly. That has to be the genesis of their whole program, where like if you design it wrong or it get is. the wrong color, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll replace it free, because people wouldn't have trusted the internet at that point Correct. to make those decisions. Correct. And so that's why they send you the free samples. That's why there is the money-back guarantee, or the, the guarantee that if you've mismeasured, uh, they'll recut them. If you pick the wrong color or whatever, they'll recut them for you. It's blinds.com. Number one one online uh, blinds retailer in the world for a reason they do it right it's blinds.com and now through march 5th you'll get an additional five percent off they're already great site-wide savings at uh, promo code beck that's blinds.com promo code beck you'll get that additional five percent off blinds.com promo code beck We only have uh, Ben Shapiro uh, for just a few minutes, so I want to get right to it. Ben, let's talk about the um, the National Emergency Act at the border. How should this go down and why? I mean, the truth is that the president really should use 10 U.S.C. 284. That's the provision of law that allows the secretary of defense to declare certain areas of the border drug corridors, then the president can simply build additional fencing there. That doesn't require the invocation of a national emergency. It's power the president already has. He does have funding available under the Defense Department to do some of that. And all the areas that he's talking about, the ones that smuggle people, also happens to be the ones that, that, that smuggle drugs. That doesn't mean he has to declare the entire border a, a drug corridor, but he can certainly declare kind of the most high-trafficked areas of the border drug corridors. The reason that I prefer that, that approach is because once you have presidents starting to declare national emergencies when they can't get something through Congress, that's an incredibly dangerous precedent. Now, I hear folks on the right side of the aisle, and, and generally Republicans, conservatives, they'll say things like, well, you know, if Democrats had this power, they would do it. Look how Barack Obama expanded executive power under his watch. Mm-hmm. That's true. But there is a difference between – there are two problems with that argument. One is, right, we're the conservatives. That's what we're supposed to not do. And two, there's a difference between making the argument Democrats have already expanded the power and we fear Democrats will expand the power. So now we're going to preemptively expand the power, handing them a tool without any excuse for us to, to fight back against it. Because – Believe it or not, there will be a Democratic president again, whether it's in two years or whether it's in four or whether it's at some point where we're in six. It, it, it doesn't at some point there will be a Democratic president. And the Democrats that we're watching right now are already saying that climate change is a national emergency. They're mm-hmm. saying it's the greatest emergency that has ever faced the country. They're invoking things like World War Two. 
as comparison items. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that they that they won't declare a national emergency over climate change and then say, OK, well, you know, President Trump built a wall on the border. What we need to do is retrofit and wreck every existing structure in the United States, as, as AOC said in the Green New Deal. You got another thing coming. These people want power and any excuse to take it will be used. I think the Democrats actually want Trump to use this um, because it, it will give them the green light to do to really, truly become a dictator. You can do anything. It's, it's the difference between this is national emergency is this one is tied directly to the purse strings. So the president can do whatever he wants after trying to get it through Congress three times not being able to get it through Congress. And so then he he shuts down the government, still can't get it. Well, now he can control the purse strings without going through Congress. That is absolutely unconstitutional. And even if there is an emergency, we should not set this precedent. We've got to be able to stop the Democrats from doing this, uh, you know, when they when they want to to uh, do all of the things that they've already tweeted. Great. Declare a national emergency because we think it's a national emergency on X, Y and Z. And they've already said it. Yeah. And then they're not really hiding the ball here. And, no. and one of the things that I find to, to be such a, a problem here is that, you know, when President Trump talks about the national emergency at the border, there's no question that in a colloquial sense, we have an emergency at the border. But that emergency at the border has been there for 35 years. Yes. It's not as though things have radically ramped up in recent years. The numbers are actually down in terms of border crossings. That's not to undermine the idea that there's a serious problem at the border. But the whole point here is that if President Trump is running on the platform of I'm going to secure the border and Democrats won't allow me to do so, well, then run on that. I mean, if Democrats if Democrats don't want to secure the border, then they should be made to defend that. But to expand executive power simply by saying Congress won't give me what I want, I'm going to do what I want anyway, and I'm going to grab money to do it. It's 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 a danger. It's just the wrong thing to do. And and frankly, I don't see the upside except for some temporary politically expedient headlines. The, the wall is not going to get built under these auspices. It's just not. I mean, there, there will be courts that strike it down and, and create injunctions. It's already 2019. The idea that the wall is going to be completed by 2020, by the time of the election, I think is a fool's errand. At the best, you're going to get maybe, maybe 10 to 15, 20 miles. You're not going to get a massive build before the election. So what is the trade here? The trade is the power of the executive to now centralize this kind of authority in one branch of government away from the legislature. And in return, you get a little bit of border fencing. Uh, that, that, that ain't going to cut it. Everybody mm-hmm. in the line of secession, including the president, dropped dead from a, a shellfish attack. You're Jewish. You haven't had any. So you're like, okay, I'm next in line. What does President Shapiro do today about this? Well, I mean, the first thing that I do about the the border situation, as I say, is I invoke 10 U.S.C. 284. I declare that there are drug corridors along the border that need to be protected. I already have the statutory authority to do that. And I build fencing there. And then the next thing I do is I go out on the campaign trail and I say every day the Democrats don't have any interest in protecting the border. They have been attempting to ratchet down security at the border. I mean, this is a campaign issue. Bottom line is the American people need to make up their minds as to whether they think this is important enough to merit an actual change in policy at the border. I just, it fails to, I fail to understand how the president can simultaneously claim that his program is immensely popular in terms of building a border wall and at the same time refuse to campaign on that against Democrats and instead declare a national emergency and just do it from the executive seat. Ben, when Obama tried to pitch DACA a million times to Congress and got rejected and then decided afterwards that he did have the authority he said he didn't have over and over and over again, 
it was my opinion that they didn't even believe they had this authority. Because if they did, they wouldn't have gone to Congress over and over again. The same thing here. I mean, it's not like Donald Trump goes to ask Nancy Pelosi's permission because he thinks it's fun. They obviously felt they needed this authority to get this money and now are going the exact opposite way. I mean, it's a terrible precedent, and and I don't even think they believe it. That is a great point. I mean, we we just had a large-scale government shutdown, the longest partial government shutdown in U.S. history. What was the point of all that if the president could have just using his authority declared a national emergency and been done with it? Why not just do that? Why is he not using 1084? I think the reason that he's not using 10284 is because he believes that if he if he declares a national emergency, then he's going to be able to go back to his voters and say, listen, I did all I can do. I think he understands that he's not going to get a border wall built before 2020. He's going to be able to blame the courts if they stop it. He's going to say, listen, but, as president of the United States, I used all the authority that I could possibly have even thought about to try and get this done for you. Give me give me Congress. So I, I, I think it's an election Tactic so in other words, he, he, he wants he wants the I wasn't able to do it, but I will do it next time, as opposed to, look, I did all I can help me get some people in here that will actually pass this. And we're already taking the steps that I legally can. He thinks that's a bigger win the other way. Yeah, I mean, the president tends to be a man of extremes. And I think that he when he looks at this, I think he wants to be able to say to people, listen, the maximum amount of authority that I was told I had by my own lawyers. That's what I tried to use here. And courts held it up and the courts are stacked and we have to change the courts and the Democrats have stacked against me and, and we, need to, we need to throw them out of office. Again, I, I don't think this is a practical strategy that is directed at actually building border fencing. I think this is a strategy that is directed at getting stopped in court and then being able to blame the Senate, blame the courts. I don't like politics being played with the Constitution. And so, you know, they're, they're the only Republican I've seen who stood tall on this is actually Justin Amash in the House. But uh, I think that, frankly, if the, the, the founders believed that the branches of government were going to check one another, they did not believe that yeah. party loyalty was going to be right. able to overcome branch loyalty. So a member of the legislature who's a Republican should still stand up for the legislature when a Republican president encroaches on the authority of the legislature. They're wrong about that, obviously, because people now don't care. I mean, people in the legislature are happy to toss more authority to the executive branch so long as it means escaping censure from their own their own constituents back home. Ben, quickly, um, your thoughts yesterday on on the the vote that didn't uh, that didn't pass with abortion. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that the Democratic Party has completely freed itself from anything like a moral mooring. It's 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 it's, just, it's insane. I mean, it's frankly insane. In 2002, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act passed unanimously in the Senate. Unanimously, this did not even this didn't even get you know a a Democrat what did it get four Democratic votes something like that three. I mean, this is the, three. I mean, this is, the, this bill does all it does is it basically extends the law a little bit to say that if a baby is born alive, it has to be transferred to a hospital and it has to be treated with the same care that any other infant born alive would be given. So it, it just removes any distinction possible in law between a baby born during a botched abortion and a baby born not during a botched abortion. And the reason for the law, as Ben Sass pointed out, is that this distinction has been uh, has been actually created by New York law. And New York actually had a law on the books. It was Section 4184 uh, in, their, in, their, in their penal code. And it, and it essentially said that if you were born alive during a botched abortion, then you were given the same rights as a baby not born during a botched abortion. Well, their new New York state abortion law completely overrules 4184. And so this federal law says, well, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to restore the fact that a baby born under any circumstances deserves the same rights. And Democrats are like, no, nope, can't do that. Sorry, we need to have special capacity, do something different. With baby. Like, I haven't even seen 
even a coherent argument on the part of I was looking all night last night no. for any sort of coherent excuse for, from, from Democrats not. for why they would do this. There's not. Um, ben, um, I'll let you run, but uh, just w- okay. what do you think of this one, one, one last thing? You know, we merged with CRTV and we became Blaze TV. What do you think about Blaze TV Wire? <laughs> just... <laughs> Well, you know, I sort of feel like the girl who's proposed to in front of the entire, <laughs> the entire stadium. So, you know, this is... <laughs> I love you, Ben. Take care, love brother. God bless. <laughs> I mean, I, I take that as he agreed and we I, just move forward. That's why I heard it. That's mm-hmm. the way America heard it. All right. <laughs> filter by. Uh, filter by. Uh, I know nothing about how to maintain my home. Nothing. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't even want to really maintain anything that you own. Nope. You don't have the abilities. Nope. When the- a toilet stops flushing, it's time to move, quite honestly. Uh, but I have filter by because filter by will, uh, will help you if you are really bad at doing the things you're supposed to do. Here's what uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to filterbybui.com. They're America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They have over 600 sizes, including all the custom options if you need one. Like we have Filter by here at the studio. Have you seen? Oh, they're huge. They're gigantic. Yeah, yeah. You could a family of four could live in our <laughs> HVAC systems here. Do you know what I found out? How much energy this thing pulls? This building. Uh, Al Gore turned the radio off for a second. Yeah, turn the radio mm-hmm. off. Because we're having the roof repaired, mm-hmm. they may have to take the studios offline for uh, a few days. And if they take a, the energy off, we have to go. I don't even know. Is there a generator that does that? We, I was told the other day that we pull as much energy to power 60 homes for a year every week. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. We are canceling out every wow. Prius you see. Uh, everything is to bring you this broadcast and broadcast <laughs> like it. Congratulations. Anyway, um, they make the big, huge ones. Uh, they make things for your house. It's a filter, and you've got to change the air filter, especially in the wintertime when all kinds of crap is staying inside. That's why we get sick. So change your filters. Save your uh, save yourself some time, some frustration, and some money. Get the edge this winter at filterbuy.com. Sign up for auto renewal, and they'll just send them to you every time you're supposed to change the filter. It's filterbuy.com. Filterbuy.com. We break now for 10 seconds. Station ID. that the other day and i thought thank god we live in texas thank mm-hmm. god we live in texas mm-hmm. where we don't have brownouts we don't seem to have problem with energy no Why? we do, do pretty well on that yeah here in private texas. private energy companies that's uh that's why by the way there is a it's gonna be this these votes are gonna be pretty interesting on this uh this declaration i mean the house we know is going to say of course it's not a um it's not going to be approved in the house yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. everyone knows that uh, I think for sure the Senate, not for sure, but I think most likely the Senate will uh, say, no, you can't have the emergency. Because, I mean, there's already 47 Democrats, right? So you're going to be at mm-hmm. 47 to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rand Paul seems definitely against it for sure. Um, you know, there is, uh, I mean, it seems like. What would you vote? I would absolutely vote no. So would I. So would I. I mean, and well, it would kill me. 
because I, mm-hmm. I, I know what the problem is on the border. And I, yeah, it's I, not about that. It's, yeah, it's, not it's just that. not about that. We cannot allow the executive branch to get this powerful. You are, listen to this. If, if by some strange chance Donald Trump does not win the next election, you are two years away from having an avowed socialist, most likely an avowed socialist, somebody who wants to put in the new Green Deal, mm-hmm. um, is, is somebody who voted, all of the Democrats that are running for president voted yesterday. They voted to kill children that were already <laughs> born. <laughs> They'll go to lengths, these, yeah. these folks. You don't want to give that office any more power. And I got news for you. The first emergency declaration that they that they do, uh, assuming the next Democrat gets in, is going to say, on environmental grounds, the first thing we need to do is knock down that wall. The first thing they will do is remove the wall that you already built. I promise you that wall will not be standing. And as Ben pointed out, they're not going to be able to build enough of it in time to do any damage anyway. Mm-hmm. You're giving this power up for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that is what is the most... That is like... I have a problem with this because you. I want to make these sort of pragmatic arguments. You know, Democrats will take advantage of this and they will use this power in the future. Mm-hmm. And the other side, they won't, you're not even going to get the wall. Maybe they build 10 or 20 miles of it if you're lucky by the end of this after it's... Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, if it's not knocked down in the courts. Mm-hmm. All those are pragmatic reasons to get people who generally are who care about the border on on the side of that of my argument, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's not the real argument. We all know what this. We know what the Constitution says. It says the the Congress has to make these decisions. We know that the law was not intended at all to do what Donald Trump is trying to do with it. I mean, you know, this was a law that was, and I think the law is unconstitutional. The, the National Emergencies Act. But the act itself was designed for, we're in the middle of a major crisis. We don't have enough time to get legislation. Mm-hmm. He need, the, the president needs some time to, to pass something. Just get, get something started because we're in the middle of an emergency. Again, this is a 30-year emergency. This, has been, this, is not, this is not something where this use of it is even close to appropriate. And as much as I, I really legitimately think the motivation of the president here um you know i think there is a big political element but i mean i'm saying about the end game here of border security is real i think it is i can easily be qualified as an emergency that's been ongoing for a very long time but just because you think something's important doesn't mean you get it in our system so here's you the, have to respect the constitution here's the we're problem. not doing that in this here's country. the problem this is how i think people feel because i know i feel this way. i know i do too we've we have been battling this forever forever yeah. And we even got them to do a shall build the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, when was that? 2006. Six. Mm-hmm. They didn't build it. They yep. had no intention of building it. Yep. The Republicans don't have any intention of doing it. When they had that bill, it was Kay Bailey Hutchinson, a Republican, mm-hmm. that overturned that and, and stopped it from being built. The Republicans don't want to do it. The people... Don't want to. They don't necessarily want a wall or a fence or a garden or a moat or they no. just want it to be secure. And the wall is the only thing that feels permanent to people. And it won't be permanent. But I understand. That right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right. And that's why if Donald Trump would have started it and had four years to work on it. It might have been different because you could have been four years if he would have made that his priority. It could have been done, but you didn't have the Republicans 
on board. And so the average person who is for security, not necessarily for a wall, just for security, says these people are going to hemorrhage us to death. And it may not be a, an emergency as defined today, but it, we all know it's going to be. We all know there is coming in our future, probably nearer than any of us like, hopefully farther than we think, but closer than we we would hope. Uh, there's going to be a crisis of of people flooding to our border. Look what's happening with Venezuela. Yeah, I know. I, and look, a lot of uh, a lot of people from Venezuela that have left are here. Uh, hundreds of thousands of them, um, you know, and and I so I agree that this is a big deal and it's important. But think about it. Just stop and think about it from the other perspective for a second. The Democrats, they've been trying. They passed. They had John oh, McCain on board for a global warming bill. I know, I know. McCain Lieberman. They ha- they have been I going know. the right way all of this time. They tried to go through Congress. They tried and tried and tried. They tried with immigration. I they know. tried with guns. They've tried all these things and it didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. So they had to do something that wasn't available to them. This that's not an okay argument. This really is. This really is the end of guns. If a if a Democrat is president next term, this is how they get rid of guns. This is how they do the new Green Deal. They just get it done and the voters have nothing to say about it. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. Uh, trouble ahead. Trouble ahead. For people who haven't purchased a home... Mortgage rates right now, historic lows. Last year's increases, still historic. But if you're renting, you might want to consider buying because you're not going to see these rates again. Uh, Only if there is a massive collapse will these come down and then you're into a a whole different world. Um, But renting has already gone up 5% in the last, what was it, last 12 or 18 months. Um, if you have a variable mortgage, please get it locked in because these rates could skyrocket. The c- company that I truly trust and I really like these people is American Financing. They're salary-based mortgage consultants, so they're on your side. No commissions. They're not trying to sell you something. They're trying to find the right loan for you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Well, you heard it here first. You should subscribe to Blaze TV Wire. At blazetv.com slash Beck. Blazetv.com slash Beck. The promo code is Beck. Uh, yesterday, I, uh, I, I told you yesterday morning that uh, I think the country is at a crossroads. Um, today, we are voting on whether or not the president has the power to spend money and declare a national emergency. In my opinion, he does not. We should not do this. We're going to give this power to uh, the Democrats, and they will use it for all of the things. We've been trying to tell you about, you know, free education and and the green movement and try to get these common sense things enacted and they won't it's a national emergency we got to pull the guns off i mean they will use it we should not be doing that and here's another reason why i say extreme caution yesterday ben sass wanted the um uh, born alive bill to be passed 
And we'll talk about that here in a second. But the Democrats and all of the candidates that are running for the Democratic nomination voted against it. This is a bill that basically says if a baby is born alive, you cannot kill it. This, to me, is a turning point. I don't know where God stands on how many votes we need to have before we you know, lose our status as one nation under God. But we're getting pretty close. But I will tell you this. The Democrats certainly have detached from reality and God. And I expect to see a race to the bottom of the barrel now um, with the Democrats. They have chosen death and evil. Alexander DeSantis was uh, covering this uh, all over the place. Uh, she's with the National Review, and she really you know, went through not only the entire story from day to day, but also suffered through every single speech yesterday. Uh, she joins us now. Hi, Alexandra. Hey, great to be with you. So it, what was it? That the, the, can you find any reason at all, Alexandra, that the the Democrats have a legitimate case to not vote for this? They really don't have a legitimate case, and I think you can uh, discern that based on the fact that they're giving two conflicting reasons for not voting for the bill. On one hand, they've said, well, this is redundant of existing law, infanticide is already illegal. And then on the other hand, they've said this bill is anti-abortion and it criminalizes doctors and punishes women. And so I'm here wondering, which is it, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, it can't be both at the same time, I don't think. Um, you, I saw a bunch of stuff that they said was in this bill that like it was going to vilify doctors and make them more vulnerable. Or are these just completely made up lies, assuming that their audience and voters would not read the bill? Right. They, they've gone with, with this line that the bill uh, punishes doctors and it does enforce criminal penalties for a doctor who does not give medical care to an infant. Uh, but I think the important thing to keep in mind about the legislation is it doesn't prescribe a particular kind of care. It just says that if an infant is born alive in the context of abortion, it should be treated like any other living infant. It does not say you must give it this particular treatment. That's left up to the doctor. So is there any doubt in your mind? Well, how would you describe what happened yesterday with the Democrats? Was this just politics or is this something different? I think it's it's very clear that the, the power that groups like uh, NARAL and Planned Parenthood have over the Democratic Party, because if you look at public opinion polling, nobody really is in, in favor of denying medical care to viable infants. Uh, a lot of Democrats even describe themselves as pro-life now and support some limits on abortion. And this bill itself has nothing to do with abortion, but they're so uh, sort of enthralled to the abortion industry that they feel like admitting any weakness in their case uh, would be a problem for them. They're going to get hit by the, the really extreme parts of their party. But this isn't this is I, I'm, I'm sick of everybody calling it, including us, an abortion bill. It's not an abortion bill. This is a there's a baby right there. Uh, it's not inside. It's 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 no longer part of her. So it has nothing to do with women's health and it has nothing to do with abortion at all. Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And if you listen, well, I guess you didn't, but I listened for you to, to every yes. Democratic speech yesterday, and they all uh, kept claiming that this was an attack on women's health care, but not a single one of the Democrats pointed to a line in the bill that showed how it harmed women or, or had anything to do with women's health care options. This is about health care for a living infant that has been born. Uh, Alexandra, back in 2002, there was a bill that was roughly similar to this that passed, I believe, unanimously. We were just talking to Ben Shapiro, and he said it was unanimous uh, on that vote. 
So is this just a, a the fact that this can't pass? Is that an example of how far the Democratic Party has come? Is do they do I mean is there any part of them that thinks that this is a little bit further and and does something they're uncomfortable with? Yeah, so the bill in 2002, uh, all that did was define an infant born alive in the context of abortion as a person, whereas this bill would be the only federal law that would actually affirmatively mandate care for infants. And I think that's a step too far for Democrats simply because, you know, like we've said, this isn't an abortion bill. But if we're going to start, you know, defining an infant that's been born alive in the context of abortion as somebody who's you know, deserving of medical care, suddenly we can start asking questions like, well, one minute earlier when it's inside its mother, why is that not an infant? And then, you know, they're having to defend the entirety of abortion and they don't want to have to be doing that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're going the opposite direction. If I can kill it at birth, why can't I kill it the next day? Why can't I kill it the minute it becomes non-viable? I mean, that that argument goes, uh, it cuts both ways. And the American people are not on the side of killing infants, period. <laughs> I mean, I like, have to actually state that. I know. Like, it's an amazing point. It's like, it's like pretty basic, I feel I, like. I, I can't believe the world we're living in. It, 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 does it shock you or can you explain how we've gone from a a country that was having a debate about you know even first trimester abortion and we were all very clear partial birth abortion is wrong third trimester abortion is wrong but some people you know we were saying i don't know when it's a baby is it the heartbeat or whatever we were having that argument to all of a sudden we're now having an argument about the most extreme, more extreme than partial birth abortion. The baby's been born. How did this happen so rapidly? Oh, I mean, that's obviously a, a really complex question. I'm sure there are a lot of reasons, and I, I hate to blame the media for everything, but I do think that's a huge part of it because I've been covering this sort of thing and, and abortion broadly um, now for a couple of years, and it just astounds me how much misinformation is out there and is spread Oftentimes, it seems intentionally by media outlets and by people who call themselves reporters, and the average person just doesn't know. And so I think when you have Democratic senators standing on the floor claiming that this is an attack on women's health care, it's going to be portrayed like that by a lot of media outlets or, or just totally ignored and brushed under the rug. And I think the average person doesn't know the difference, unfortunately. This is a, a uh, you know, thir- third trimester abortion, I believe, is 80 to 14 against when when polled by the in the american uh, public and it's such an unpopular position to keep extending as democrats tend to do and i'm sure republicans are putting them in the position to defend this intentionally because of that polling but i mean i can't think of anything on the other side where republicans are supposedly won over by special interests and are supporting something that only 14 percent of the population uh agrees with i I mean is planned parenthood that that powerful i mean i it's, it just seems in it seems almost self-defeating to go after these bills unless i guess maybe you have the the backing of the media to cover each each step of your tracks yeah i think that they're just banking on the fact that no one's ever going to know the difference and i think with planned parenthood it not only is it about you know the the huge amount of money in the abortion lobby that gets poured into the democratic party but it's also about the fact that these groups then go out and lobby heavily against you and if you vote against or vote, vote in favor, rather, of something like the Born Alive bill, you're going to be cast as an anti-choice extremist. Uh, and I think Democrats feel like they can't afford to take that risk. What do you think is in the uh, in the future? What does the future hold for the Democratic Party if they can take this extreme of a view 
plus, say, the the uh, days of the free market and capitalists uh, are numbered um, and uh, we will be a socialist nation. What what is in the wings that they haven't said that is in their heart that they will do? Oh, man, I mean, who knows what they'll come up with? They've been astounding me now for the last year. Just every day has, has surprised me with their new extremism. But I think on abortion, I'm trying to be a little bit hopeful, at least. And I, I've been looking at polls for a really long time. And the latest poll I saw just out yesterday now shows that uh, 47 percent of Democrats call themselves pro-life, which is a double digit leap from just last month. And I think, um, you know, the tide is shifting on this issue, especially among younger Democrats. So that's worth uh, hopefully, hopefully they can turn it around maybe uh, in time. I, I have a feeling we are going to uh, ban abortion in my lifetime, and I think it could be in the next 10 years. I think there is a massive shift, and I think they've overplayed their hands. I've been looking at the Labor Party with the anti-Semitism and the, and the communism embrace uh, over in England. And in the last few weeks, we've had seven Labor Party members leave the Labor Party. Uh, that would be like, you know, seven in the progressive caucus leaving and saying these guys are crazy. Um, when do you think the uh, not talking about Washington, but the average Democrat who is not a crazy, not a socialist, not a baby killer. Um, when do you think or do you think they will hit a hit a point where they say, I can't be with these people anymore? I mean, they, they've, I used to be a Democrat, but th- if this is what a Democrat is, I'm not with these people. You know, I, I would think that we would have reached that point with the Born Alive bill, which is why it's hard to um, really know for sure where we're going to go from here. But I do think if public opinion polls keep shifting like this, they're going to start paying an electoral cost for being so extreme. And I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm glad you're hopeful. I'm not sure how soon it'll be. But I do think over time, science really does back up the pro-life position. Yeah. Alexandra, thank you so much. Um, she is uh, with the National Review and has done uh, just great reporting on this, and we appreciate your time uh, with us. I, 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 I'm going to talk about this um, next hour. I've prepared some, some thoughts, uh, and uh, I, I want to share that at the top of next hour. And to be clear, I've uh, prepared an interpretive dance of his remarks, so that will be coming up. So you can see that on Blaze TV. Uh, if you're just listening, you don't get the interpretive dance. But I suppose you could, you'll feel it. You'll oh, I feel the I think there will be enough behind it oh, to I, feel through the radio. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I do. I, I think so. All right. Hey, uh, now that we're uh, voting to give the president ultimate power of spending and he can do what he wants if that passes today and we can kill babies. What do you say we spend the day just thinking about mm, a fallout shelter? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying I'm just saying, by the way, did you see yesterday that the special operations uh, our special ops forces? are now all being retrained because they are now going to stop concentrating so much on terror. They need to concentrate on Russia and China. Wow. That's a big, big development, a huge development. That was kind of like nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. It's like, can we stop talking about the guy in Chicago for a second? That's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. I love how the Democrats, they are like, oh, you know, Michael Cohen's going to testify about what he knows about the crimes of the Trump administration. By the way, he and Trump happens to also be in North Korea or in uh, Vietnam meeting with Kim Jong-un about North Korea. Something that could like, you know, our entire future could be uh, at stake. Is this 
It's the right time for a, a giant circus back here in the United States. I have to tell you, I saw the pictures of uh, him in Vietnam and all the crowds, you know, prepared for uh, uh, Kim Jong-un or Il or whatever Un. his name mm-hmm. is. Un. Uh, and I saw them all f- waving red flags and I thought, why is he in Portland? <laughs> anyway, um, my Patriot Supply uh, would like to remind you, now is the time to prepare yourself when there is not an emergency, when times are pretty decent. Now is the time to, while you do have some money and the pressure is off, go to preparewithglenn.com and get yourself started on emergency food supplies. Emergency food is uh, it's a necessity if it, nuclear <laughs> weapons are flying across. Yeah. You might want to have some. I don't even think you need nuclear <laughs> no, weapons. No, you definitely don't. You know, I, this mm-hmm. is going to be a war of ones and zeros. All they have to do is sh- shut down the power for a week. You know, shut down our grid for a week. And we're in chaos all around the, all around the country. And the stores are empty. These things will come to pass. Please be prepared for you and your family urge others to prepare preparewithglenn.com my patriot supply right now will have breakfast lunch and dinner waiting for you up to 25 years preparewithglenn.com preparewithglenn.com or call them now at 800-200-7163 800-200-7163 preparewithglenn.com this is the glenn beck program I'm going to uh, CPAC on um, on Friday. I'm opening up the session, uh, Friday morning session. I think either Donald Trump or Mike Pence is in the Friday morning session. It was supposed to be Donald Trump. Well, but Trump I, is out now. He's out of the country. So yeah, I think, I think he for left, 12 so days or something. Yeah, so, so. it's Pence that is going to be uh, going to be speaking for him. And he's been doing a lot on the Venezuela thing, by the way. Pence, uh, he was down in Colombia. Uh, working on that, him and Rubio have been very good on on that issue, as well as a lot of people have. But they've those two have really seemingly led the way on it. What's happening in Venezuela? I don't think people <laughs> I don't think people understand. You have uh, well, play the Bernie Sanders from last night. Here he is on CNN, refusing to say Maduro is a dictator. Listen to this. Do you have it? Do you have the Bernie? It's- and I'm quoting him now. America, this is the president. No, no, no. America will never be a no, no, socialist. Not that one. Yeah, Ber- Bernie won't call Maduro a dictator is the title of it. If we have that one, maybe. We'll Why have you stopped short of calling Maduro of Venezuela a dictator? This is. Well, pause. Uh, he, I, I think it's, I, 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 it's fair to say that the last election was undemocratic. Just the last uh, But there are still democratic operations taking place okay. in that country stop that is a bullcrap answer mm-hmm. that's an absolute bullcrap answer he doesn't have a problem with dictators and socialism no. he doesn't have a problem he was with fidel castro he went over to to russia the former soviet union and he propped them up he doesn't have a problem with a little blood to get things done that's the truth and he was not prepared to answer that question. Why? Why won't you call him a dictator? I. Uh, uh, well, you know, I. How much time do you need, Bernie? We got all the time in the world. Tell us the truth. Socialists don't mind. 
Dictators. You're listening to Glenn Beck. What should an abortion doctor do if a baby survives an abortion and is born? Well, the baby's born. No longer part of the mother. Mom didn't want it. Save the baby. Give it to adoption, right? Make sure the baby is alive. Live your Hippocratic Oath. Surely treat the child like you would any other human. Afraid not, say Democrats, in an overwhelming number. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. We have had so many people um, with Relief Factor here in the building that have, have taken Relief Factor and have found significant relief. You see, uh, the National Institute of Health said in 1997, about 120 million people had at least one painful condition kind of ongoing. In 2014, that was up to 178 million. 58 million more people dealing with pain on a regular basis. That is, uh, I mean, that is a huge increase. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know what that people, I mean, we, we saw another poll that said two thirds of people don't even try anymore. They've just given up. They've given up trying stuff. They've done enough and they, they don't even want to bother anymore. Try it. Try Relief Factor. You have nothing to lose. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work for you, stop taking it. They, they've done enough studies to see that this thing usually kicks in right around three weeks. So if it's not working for you, stop taking it. So you're not out any more money. You're going to cost you nineteen ninety five for the three-week quick start. But 70% of the people who take it, it works, and they go on to order month after month like I do. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. I want to start with Mitch McConnell, as yesterday he introduced the bill. Listen. This legislation is simple. It would simply require that medical professionals give the same standard care and medical treatment to newborn babies who've survived an attempted abortion as any other newborn baby would receive in any other circumstance. It isn't about new restrictions on abortion. It isn't about changing the options available to women. It's just about recognizing that a newborn baby is a newborn baby, period. Yesterday, all but three Democratic senators voted against the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. All but three. And I'm going to start with them because it took a ton of courage. The first one is Bob Casey of Pennsylvania. The second, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Doug Jones from Alabama. Now, I want to give them credit because they stood against the tide and the block, and I'm sure they got heat. But I will tell you, it really shouldn't have taken so much courage to stand up for a baby. Not in the womb, out of the womb. Senator Ben Sass wrote the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. It was co-sponsored by 49 Republican senators. Here is Ben Sass talking about it after the vote. 
This is about the most simple thing you can say, which is that a baby is a baby, uh, and they have dignity and they have worth, and it's not because they're powerful, it's because they're babies. And so today is a sad day in the United States Senate, but I remain hopeful long-term, uh, because ultimately the United States Senate today could have a bunch of people, 44 of our members, decided to try to stick their head in the sand and pretend that a baby isn't a baby, mm. but 320 million Americans are gonna have conversations around their kitchen table that are gonna be more loving and logical and in the long term i think that this is going to head in the right direction but today's a sad day today is a turning point for the democratic party yesterday when they when they voted for the killing of children again a a beyond what is in the womb this is a child they voted yesterday to not protect the most innocent among us now I want you to really I want you to really think about that. As I as I just give you something from Charlotte's Web. Where's Papa going with that axe? Fern said to her mother as they were setting the table for breakfast. Out to the hog house, replied Mrs. Arable. Some pigs were born last night. But I, I don't see why he needs an axe, continued Fern, who was only eight. Well, said mother. One of the pigs is a runt. It's very small and weak, and it'll never amount to anything. So your father has decided to do away with it. Do away with it, shrieked Fern. Do you mean kill it just because it's smaller than the others? Miss Arable put a picture, a pitcher of cream on the table. Don't yell, Fern, she said. Your father is right. The pig would probably die anyway. Fern pushed her chair out of the way and ran outdoors. The grass was wet and the earth smelled of springtime. Fern's sneakers were sopping by the time she caught up with her father. Please don't kill it, she sobbed. It's unfair. Mr. Arable stopped walking. Fern, he said gently, you're going to have to learn to control yourself. Control myself, yelled Fern. This is a matter of life and death and you're talking about controlling myself? Tears ran down her cheeks as she took hold and tried to pull the axe out of her father's hand. Fern, said Mr. Arable, I know more about raising a litter of pigs than you do. A weakling just makes trouble. Now run along. But it's unfair, cried Fern. The pig couldn't help being born small, could it? If I had been very small at birth, would you have killed me? Today... If you're a Democrat and you're running for president of the United States, the answer is yes. If you were born small and a weakling that makes trouble, yes, we would kill you. This is what we're dealing with. This has gone beyond any reasonable thought this is this the nazis the people that voted for adolf hitler they told him this couldn't be done and so he just went into hiding with it thomas jefferson said because i know god is just i tremble for my country do you know why he said that because he knew the price of slavery when they once again failed to stop slavery 
tremble for my country. In the second inaugural address, Lincoln said this about slavery, but I just want you to listen to the words and tell me that this is not going to have to be said at some point over abortion. Lincoln said, one-eighth of the whole population were colored slaves, not distributed generally over the Union, but localized in the southern part of it. These slaves constituted a particular and powerful interest. Think of Planned Parenthood. All knew that this interest was somehow the cause of the war. To strengthen, perpetuate, and extend this interest was the object for which the insurgents would rend the Union even by war, while the government claimed no right to do more than to restrict the territory, territorial enlargement of it. They are willing to fight to the death for death. The government was just saying, no, you can't kill outside of the womb. Neither anticipated that the cause of this conflict might cease with or even before the conflict itself should cease. Each looked for an easier triumph and a result less fundamental and astounding. Both read the same Bible, pray to the same God, and each evokes his aid against the other. It may seem strange that any man should dare ask just God's assistance in wringing their bread from the sweat of another man's face, but let us not judge that we may not be judged. The prayers of both cannot be answered. That of neither has been fully answered. But the Almighty has his own purposes. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offensive come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. End quote. If we shall suppose that American slavery is one of those offenses, and if I may add, if we think that killing children might be one of those offenses with which in the providence of God must need come, but which, having continued through his appointed time, he now wills to remove, and that he gives to both north and south this terrible woe, as the woe due to those by whom the offense came, shall we discern therein any departure from those divine attributes which the believers in a living God always ascribe to him, Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet, if God wills that it continue until all of the wealth piled up by the bondsmen's 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk, until every drop of blood drawn by the lash shall be paid by another drawn by the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, still it must be said today, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Half of America believes that abortion is wrong, and, and the other half, I firmly believe, are rooted in confusion or in compassion if they've thought about it, rape, incest, 
It's in compassion that they err. But there is a new group that has emerged that is not saying safe, that is not saying rare. They are saying, shout your abortion. Celebrate this. They cheer. They march. They're proud. And yesterday, what did Lincoln call them? Those interests? Those interests got every single Democratic candidate to stand against saving a newborn baby's life. Because I know God is just, I truly tremble for our country. We got our 23andMe results back last week. We still haven't gotten Tanya's. Still haven't gotten Tanya's. That's going to be big. Well, she's coming back, German Shepherd. Did you, well, did you hear the... Uh, that's possible because you, you gave <clears throat> dog slobber in the sample. No, that's, that's uh, ridiculous to even <laughs> say that Rafe and I would do something like that. Uh, did you hear that there's a new study that, that says your genes may actually dictate the quality of your marriage? So this could be a big thing for you. Really? Maybe, yeah. Why? Maybe, why, uh, why? How does it do that? They say their study is the first to show that uh, the gene that regulates the release of what they call the love hormone uh-huh. could be affecting the bond between partners. They say different variations of this gene could alter the way one spouse feels supported and loved by the other. Now, we know you're a disaster in all relationships, personal mm-hmm. and otherwise, but yeah. um, I, 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 this will be interesting I, to see if there's science behind you. Yeah, I will tell you this, that uh, I, I started with my wife because I, because I am a doctor, so I know these things. And a colonel. <clears throat> right, and a reverend. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I started not allowing my wife to pull away from a hug until we count to 23 takes 23 seconds before, uh, oxytocin is released and you get that, that love hormone released. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, if we're hugging, we have to hug for 30 seconds. Is this true? Yep. Cause this is a, this is a, this is a way you're just minimizing the amount of hugs or maybe she is. Because, yeah, you got to deal with one 23-second one here and there. But, I mean, just time can't do it you all. can't do it all the time. Just can't do it all the time. <laughs> can't do it all the time. Anyway, get your DNA and Ancestry kit at 23andMe.com slash back. I just got mine. Eh, I'm 1.3% Native American. 13 times as much as Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> the number 23andMe.com slash back. That's 23andMe.com slash back. We break now for 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, when is, when is, when is anybody going to stand up for men? I mean, when, 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 when are men going to start organizing and stand up and say, you know, that's not who we are. Listen to this new Nike ad on women. And I, be prepared. I want to stop it and start it. So go ahead. If we show emotion, we're called dramatic. Stop. Stu, if we show emotion as men, what are we called? Girls. Girls. <laughs> yeah. We're called girls, mm-hmm. or we're called weak, or we're mm-hmm. called pathetic, right? Mm-hmm. All right, next one. 
If we want to play against men, we're nuts. Okay, stop. If we want to play against women, we would be called words that I can't say on the air anymore. Unless you happen to fall in the T of LGBT, then you can win in sprinting competitions over and over and over again. Do you see the women that yeah. are? Do you see the women that are now saying the girls that are on these high school teams that are like this is demoralizing? Yeah, we know what it's going to be. They're guys. That are transitioning, mm-hmm. and they have more muscle mass. Yep, and they're of course so, they're going to win. There's a recent race where they finished first and second, mm-hmm. two tr- two transitioning males to female against females. Right. Stunningly, they dominated these races, and they seem right. to dominate all these sports. Right. Which, of course, everyone on Earth knew was going to be true, but because of feelings and political correctness, no one can point it out. Right. Okay. Next one. And if we dream of equal opportunity, delusional. Stop. Oh, yes. Oh, of course. Stop. That's what we think about women. We think when they dream of equal opportunity, they're delusional. That's Who? exactly what we believe. Of Who? course. They nailed us. Give, give me one example. Can you give me one example? In modern history, In please. modern history. I'm serious. Can you think of one example where you've heard somebody say, I want an equal opportunity, and you've thought, they're delusional. delusional. Again, even even with the sports example, which they are delusional if they think they're going to win on a regular basis, but they're not delusional to think that they can have an equal opportunity. You want to go ahead, if you can perform and, and, and make it into the NFL, good luck with that. I mean, you know, we've seen it in certain certain levels of football where you know certain positions, kickers and such, have uh, been filled by women admirably. Uh, no one thinks that's delusional. I mean, I think there's a, there's a physical limitation uh, when you talk about giant 300-pound uh, uh, linemen and women running backs. Probably not a good combo. But the point is, uh, I can't think of anything. I mean, you know, I was just listening to, I'm listening to a podcast about um, uh, 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 the company that, the, the blood testing, um, Theranos? Is, that, I don't think I have, is it Theranos? Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it was a big story. And so this woman who... Um, she, this woman, CEO of this company, and the, her, the company was basically designed to get a pinprick, so you get one or two drops of blood, and you could run all the tests mm. for uh, you know that you normally have to take a giant mm-hmm. blood sample for. Mm-hmm. It would be revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and she founded the com- company when she was 19 years old with no medical experience. She had no scientific background in this field. 19 years old. Eliz- uh, Elizabeth Holmes, I think was her name. And so she went through this whole process, raised... Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital, probably some of it from evil men. She was able to staff her uh, board of directors with every big name political person from across the spectrum. Bill Clinton, James Mattis, like all these huge figures. Builds this company into a 13 or $14 billion company. Uh, by the way, the technology never worked. So the whole thing went completely, uh, it started with Wall Street Journal reporting on the topic and has now developed into, uh, the company I think officially went out of business in October of this past year. Um, it's an cr- incredible story. They never had the technology. They made all sorts of promises with never having the answers. And, uh, you know, as I was listening to it as a person who's coming to it, not from the, you know, the business journalism field, but from, you know, we do conservative radio, all you see in there is this desperate desire for this 19-year-old woman to have created this technology. They wanted it so badly to be true so they could have this identity politics example of this female CEO achieving things. There's plenty of female CEOs achieving things all over the world. There's plenty of them. 
But this this innate sort of urge to find that story, they wanted it so badly, they couldn't help themselves when they didn't re- they realized that she had nothing. So when a when a woman says she wants an equal opportunity, not only does the world not say delusional, right? The world says, yes, please. please. How can I help? Yep. However, let me narrow cast this for every conservative. When a conservative says, mm. you know what? I, I want I want the slot that's open now on the Today Show. I want a <laughs> slot on Saturday Night Live. I want a primetime show over mm. at MSNBC or NBC or CBS. I want to be the guy who is is getting a doctorate at some university and able to give the speech, the commencement speech at Yale. Delusional. Delusional. Mm-hmm. Delusional. It's perfectly there. Right. The, they are so eager to find victims. They have to create them. They're out of victims. Did you hear about the, the transgender guy? I think he was a woman. I don't know which way he is, but uh, transgender. He, he had somebody burn his house down. Did you know that? Because of the hatred. Mm. The hatred for transgendered. Oh, no. No. He went home to, quote, get lunch. He was there. Surprise, surprise. Somebody poured gasoline all over the inside of his house and burned it down. And it started within one minute of him leaving. (laughs) Isn't that weird? That is very weird. They have to create victims. You're listening to Glenn Beck. U.S. intelligence officials say in their annual threat assessment that we now have a real problem because of the cooperation between China and Russia. Special ops have just changed from terror to China and Russia as well. Cyber war uh, is a central billing in this report. But the report says China, for the first time, was described as capable of launching cyber attacks that could disable U.S. critical infrastructure, such as a disruption of our natural gas pipeline for days to weeks. If this happens, the world changes overnight. Currency changes overnight. You, what happens if they disrupt the, the banking system for a couple of weeks? Do you have anything of value? Please find out how easy it is to own gold or silver and find out if it's right for you. Do your homework. Call 866-GOLDLINE. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Do it right now. You join blazetv.com slash Beck. Get access to all the shows we always talk about and get 10 bucks off with the promo code Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're just talking about the vote that is coming down today. Another big crossroads for America to decide what is right. Um, my my heart is with uh, the president wanting to build a wall, uh, but my my head is dead set against an emergency act, only because you're a. He's not going to be able to finish it. He's going to be tied up in court. And you only maybe maybe you get 10 miles out of it. But then you have violated the Constitution um, and given the Democrats who they will. Don't get me wrong. I believe they'll take it anyway. I believe they'll try it anyway. 
but we have no leg to stand on if we set a precedence. Um, we we can hope and pray that the, uh, the the courts will stop an emergency act on taking away your guns, taking away uh, your money for global warming. Uh, what's the other one they they've said they want to do? There's three of them. It's global uh, warming healthcare. and health care. Yeah. I mean, guns is going to be the hardest one because you have a constitutional amendment. That right. Would theoretically prevent at least extreme action. But the climate. That's what, that I mean, done. they've got tons that of stuff they can done. do on that one. You must, yeah. you know, all the drilling gains, for example, that Trump has, you know, he's been able to do Anwar and, and several other things that a previous presidents had not been able to accomplish. That all goes away the second this the, the Democrat gets in office because mm-hmm. they will just now do it with national emergency. And, you know, again, <clears throat> you're getting so little out of this. You know, people are like, well, uh, you know, I want to get the, the wall up. Well, let's just say, theoretically, if you got the full wall the, the way it was supposed to be built and promised to be built. May, you know, you could make an argument. Maybe it's a trade-off you'd be excited about. Um, they're not going to get anywhere close to that because no. it's going to be tied up in court. And, he, you know, and the other thing, too, is we act as if these walls are permanent structures. I mean, terrorists took down the twin freaking towers. The, the, they will use environmental or border or whatever. They'll say there's a, a humanitarian emergency on the border because we're blocking all these people with the wall they put up, and they'll knock that thing down in a week. I mean, it's, it's like it, it is just not worth it and also just not right. I mean, it's not constitutionally correct, in my opinion. It's also not what the law was intended to do. I think people need to, to understand how close we are to losing our country. We are truly perhaps one election or one disaster away. We don't have the right person in office for a, a real national emergency. World War three, your freedoms are going away. If, if, if we just elect the wrong socialist mm. uh, next, next uh, election, if the economy falls apart and Donald Trump isn't just absolutely perfect and the Democrats happen to catch a wave of some sort, you have a socialist and perhaps a giant radical leading this country. That, is, that, that changes us forever. It changes us forever. We're that close to the precipice. I want to play something that uh, uh, happened in England to a guy who was just peacefully speaking about the Bible in London. And a police officer approached. Now, the guy was preaching in the public square, and he had a Bible, and he was quoting the Bible. And a, a preacher comes up to this you know, new immigrant from Jamaica. Listen. I am preaching. You are preaching. Oh, yeah. I'm going to require you to go away. You can never. Okay, then I'll arrest you, you for away. a breach of peace. Plain and simple. What? Breach of peace. It's what you're doing at the moment. You're causing problems. You're disturbing people's days. And you're breaching their peace. Okay, so for me, for that to be dealt with, if you won't go away voluntarily, we will have to arrest I you. I will not go away. Because I need to tell them the truth. Because Jesus is the only way. The truth. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. I appreciate and that. Nobody. I appreciate that, but nobody wants to listen to that. They want you to go away. Oh, you don't want to listen to, listen to that. that. You, will listen, you, you will listen when you are dead. You will listen when you are dead. You will listen. Now they grab the handcuffs. And they start to arrest him. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't take my time. We're fine. 
And they take his Bible and he just peacefully says, please don't just find just don't take my Bible away. Please don't take my Bible away. This is something if you see this video is like from some dystopian futuristic movie that you that you hate. That's England. And soon we'll be here. Will Mall, writer from Faithwire. How you doing, Will? Hi, Glenn. How you doing? Good. I know you've been uh, uh, following this in uh, in England. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy story. I mean, it, it just uh, it popped up on Twitter uh, the other day. This video and. Um, Looking into it, it was very clear that um, really this guy who was preaching had done absolutely nothing wrong. He was just um, expressing himself, is just basically preaching to uh, people who had listened when they're walking past. He'd done nothing wrong at all, wasn't threatening anybody. And the police were called. Uh, I actually spoke to the Metropolitan Police about it, and they said to me that uh, the police were called because he was supposedly being Islamophobic. Now, that was quickly uh, denied uh, a few minutes later because clearly he wasn't being Islamophobic at all. That was just hearsay. And the police officers, they said, didn't hear him being Islamophobic. So he was basically just preaching. And, and clearly the officers, uh, and there were a few people gathered around who weren't best pleased with him. And the officers kind of took their side and decided, actually, uh, we don't want you here anymore. So the, the uh, as you can see in the video that you just said, he the officer effectively said that he was breaching the peace, which uh, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't inciting violence. He wasn't doing anything illegal under the law. Um, so he said, well, you're breaching, you know, people's peace who are walking past. You're causing disturbance <laughs> their day and nobody wants to hear it, basically. So uh, that was an interesting comment. And um, so then he, he, he basically marched him off. He arrested him and marched him off, um, which was completely unnecessary. I actually only came out today that he, they affected all the police told me that they then took him down to the station, realized they couldn't charge him with anything, realized he'd done nothing wrong, and de arrested him was the phrase they used. De arrested. Um, and let him go. Yeah, I'd never heard that one. De arrested. Yeah. You, know, um, you know what's amazing to me, Will, is here in America, we just had uh, these radical preachers preaching hatred, uh, pr- preaching race riots. And they were on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and innocent kids are listening to it. They're blamed for causing breaching the peace, if you will, being racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody said anything about the preachers who were just absolutely vile. But you don't have freedom of speech in England. No, well, we do in some senses. We have a freedom of expression. Um, the European Convention on Human Rights, which is part of the, the UK Human Rights Act in 1998, that should give us a sense of freedom of expression, particularly, and obviously there are other laws that govern uh, how you behave in the public square. If you're inciting uh, hatred or violence, then you know, that, 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 that's legislated upon and that can be illegal. But it was clear that he wasn't doing this at all. He was basically just expressing himself, putting out an opinion in the, in the public square, and there was absolutely no grounds to... To arrest him um, at all. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, there's another as- interesting aspect in that the, the police officer, you can actually hear him in the video after he snatches the Bible away from him, which is just a horrible thing. And he says, Oh, please don't take my Bible away. He says, Well, you should have thought about that before you were being racist. And uh, I asked the police about this. They actually didn't get back to me on this particular point because I said, You've just told me that actually there was no Islamophobia, there was no racism that he was projecting on anybody. Uh, the police officers didn't hear hear any race, racist remarks. So what's that about? What's that about? Why is the police officer suddenly accusing him of being racist? So 
they didn't have an answer for me on that one. Um, and it's amazing but, these yeah, were but, these were two white officers talking to a black Jamaican about being racist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the outrage has been pretty pretty big in the UK, um, particularly amongst quite a lot of like uh, quite a lot of clergy. Um, there's quite a few people, senior sort of Christian leaders in the UK, who've wanted to see more from the Archbishop of Canterbury and a few other people to actually speak out on this guy's behalf. Um, I did actually hear today that he, uh, the, the guy in question, the preacher, he, he was eventually de-arrested, as the Met Police said, and then dropped off somewhere. And he actually had no money on him, so he basically didn't know what to do and, and where to go. But then they said that mm. someone helped him out, and he ended up actually going back to Southgate Station, North London, and, and continuing on preaching. So <laughs> um, that's good on him, I'd say. Wow. What is the, what's the health of the, uh, of of great britain now i mean we yesterday uh, in america we we actually had half of the senate uh refuse to vote on saving children's lives after they're born uh and refuse Mm -hmm. to call that infanticide uh and force doctors to take care of a living baby outside of the womb Uh, i'm shocked with with what we're going through and because I know God is just, I am gravely concerned about the health of my country. What is it a health? What direction is it moving over there spiritually? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think that we are in in rather, we are in dire straits in many ways um, spiritually. I think there's there's lots of issues being raised um, by Christians and by Christian leaders, but then there's lots of issues that are just being passed by the wayside. I mean, you talk about abortion and. Um, the UK, well, in Northern Ireland, it's slightly different, but in the UK, as a whole, as a, in the mainland, it's the, the abortion laws are uh, since, since the 60s have been incredibly liberal, um, and there's over 300,000 abortions every year in, in the UK, and now that seems to have just taken a real um, back seat in terms mm-hmm. of what, what issues are actually important um, to to Christians or to the people who are uh, in the in the public square and in the public eye as as Christian leaders. Um, and then, of course, you, you see these situations where you think uh, our religious freedom and freedom of speech, just in a general sense, is just being whittled away. Uh, and no one, bar a few smatterings of people on social media who are outraged by it, um, there's, not a, there's not a vast outrage at all. It just it seems to be becoming more and more normal. And, I th- and that's partly why I think we picked up on it and, and sort of made a thing about reporting on it because i think it's just so vital that we do that but there's just a sort of passiveness i think in the uk which is just very dangerous and over time that can become uh, the normal you know those sorts of incidents can just become very normal and we don't even realize it anymore we don't see any um, we don't see any democrats here leaving the democratic party no matter how extreme they go anti-semitic uh or yeah. uh, or you know death uh you know with the abortion embrace we don't see the democrats leaving but do I read this as a good sign that you've had seven Labour Party leaders leave the Labour Party because they've gone too far? Yeah, absolutely. The anti-Semitism stuff has been sort of brewing under the surface for for quite a few months. Sure. And a lot of Labour politicians are getting very, very um, just frustrated with Jeremy Corbyn and his inability to address that head on and actually take responsibility for it. So they've, they've defected, and then there's obviously some Conservative um, 
MPs have defected as well. No one's quite sure about that independent party and what that's actually going to look like in the future. But um, mm. it is definitely, I think, an encouraging sign that we're, at least politicians on both sides are actually saying this is we're not happy with this. And particularly the anti-Semitic stuff was was horrendous and, and the Labour Party didn't deal with it properly. So it's good to see principled politicians actually come out of the woodwork and standing up for things. Um, but uh, I'd say there's still a long way to go on that front. <laughs> Uh, Will, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about this. Uh, we'll uh, stay in no touch. Problem. Will Maul, he's a writer for Faithwire. You can find him at uh, M-A-U-L-E underscore Will. Uh, you can follow him at Twitter. Also find him at Faithwire.com. All right. I want to tell you a little bit about LifeLock. They're our sponsor. Um, LifeLock, you know, warning signs that you have been hacked into. Unfamiliar loan or credit on your credit report. Mm-hmm. All yep. of a sudden, a drop in your credit score. Yep. Uh, denial of credit. Collection agency calls for an account that you've never even heard of. <laughs> well, you know, those they're minor ones. Yeah, I would say you should probably check all of those yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, those would be the, that would be the sign that oh, I should have gotten LifeLock. Now, LifeLock. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock's job is to uncover the threats that you are going to miss on your own. And now you'll get 10% off your first year. Now, if they find something, they alert you immediately. And they say, hey, um, did you just open up a new account? And you're like, nope. Okay, I got it. And then they work to fix all of those problems. And there's somebody here in the U.S. that is doing it. It's not shipped off to India. They have U.S.-based specialists that are working to restore your good name and your identity. 10% off your first year, year if you use the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Again, use the promo code BECK for 10% off. It's lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Man, if I were a Democrat, I would still be seething over how Donald Trump just would not release his income tax. That was the most important thing in the world. You've got to, you can't run for president and not release your income tax. How dare he? Him. I mean, if a Democrat did that, you know, people would be raising a, a lot of attention on. Oh, Here's yeah. Wolf Blitzer last night with Bernie Sanders. Will you release 10 years of your tax returns? As you know, Elizabeth Warren has decided to do that. Yes. What, what was the delay? Why haven't you done that mm. so far? Well, you know, mm. the delay is, is not, it'll, it'll bore, our tax returns will bore you to death. It's simply a me- <laughs> nothing special about them. It just was a mechanical issue. We don't have campers at home. My wife does most of it, and we will get that stuff out. So when do you think we'll be able to see your tax returns? Sooner than later. What does that mean? Soon. Soon. Yes. Are they ready to be released? Or I think that we have to just do a few more little things, but to check them out. But we, they're ready. And why didn't you do it the last time around? You were under a lot of pressure to do so. I wasn't under a lot of pressure. Well, I didn't end up doing it because I didn't win the nomination. If we had won the nomination, we would have done it. But that's part of the <laughs> That's process. part of the deal. That, that, that was the deal. Yeah. How, could we, how could we even accept a nomination of a guy we don't know everything about? That's what your side was saying. And that's what they say on the news still oh. all the time about Trump. And, and you know what's crazy is... We should look into this guy. Donald Trump, we know how he got rich. We we got it. Yeah. We got it. Bernie Sanders, 
<laughs> he lived on a commune. Then he went to serve the people. And now he's got beach homes and vacation homes and a giant house. I mean, how did that happen? Where? How did you make your money, Bernie? There's a lot of, uh, uh. uh when he said, uh, uh, what was the delay? I, I almost expected him to say, what is a delay exactly? What does the word delay even mean? Can we discuss? You're listening to Glenn Beck.